0: Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. But I know you know the story, right? That when God created man and woman, he created them in his image. And after his own likeness, he says, have dominion. He said, multiply, subdue the earth. You got kingdoms in you. You got kingdoms to reign over. You have kingdoms to rule. Kingdoms, they could be entrepreneurial kingdoms. They can be business kingdoms. They can be ministries there. You got kingdoms that you are to rule over. I set you this day over nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. It's underlined so you can go back and read it in detail that you have a responsibility to do some rooting up and some pulling down and some destroying and some throwing down and some building and some planting. We did some planting earlier. The double day seed is a planting. Do you know you haven't lost your job because you sow your tithes into the house of the Lord? And if you lost your job, you got another job and God provided for you in the midst of your unemployment and gave you opportunity to do a self-assessment and rewrite your resume so that it can reflect who you really are. So God did So only a few people know what I'm talking about. So questions about purpose. We all have them. Everybody wants to know what's my purpose. What am I here for? Lord, what do you have for me to do? What am I supposed to be when I grow up? First of all, you're going to be you regardless. You're going to be you regardless. I always tell people, don't say, I want to be like you when I grow up. No, be like God called you to be, not like somebody else. Yep. I read a quote last night. It says, you want to be as wealthy as Mark Zuckerberg? Then stop trying to be Mark Zuckerberg and be you and be who you are. Because Mark Zuckerberg wasn't trying to be nobody but Mark <laughs> so so if you be you and I'm me and Mark is Mark, we can all do what it is that we need to do in order to fulfill purpose in the earth. The question that we have about purpose is not whether or not God called us to do something. The question usually is, what is it that God called us to do? It's not an if question. It's a what question. And the what is usually revealed and is usually hidden just beyond your passion. I said this before. People are passionate about the things that God called them to purpose for. People are passionate about it. Now, if your passions get twisted or deranged, you'll end up with a whole bunch of kids with a whole lot of situations. When your passion was children, but God didn't expect you to have all of them. You follow me? Yeah. It, seriously, your your passion was cars. God didn't intend for you to steal them, you know, and chop them and sell them. Your passion is money. God didn't intend for you to be greedy about it, but he, but he gifted you to be able to disperse it and to help it to be, be dispersed throughout the earth. So when you think about your passion, it links you to your purpose. Your passion links you to your purpose. So the goal is to get your passions pure. Somebody say, purify my passions, Lord. So if the Lord purifies your passion, my passion is teaching, you can tell. I'll do it every time, anytime, wherever, no matter what. Wake me up at three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach something because that's my passion. Not not because I want to be the one with the ruler in front of the class. No, because I believe there's revelation that needs to be revealed and teachers have been given the anointing to do that. Are there any teachers in the room? Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Doing what you were created to do is fulfilling your kingdom assignment. Doing what somebody else was created to do creates chaos and jealousy in your life. Doing what somebody else has been called to do is going to make you look at them and you're going to try to imitate them. And imitation is like emulation, but emulation involves murder. To emulate somebody means that you want to replace them. And both of us can't dwell in that space at the same time. So one of us got to go. And that's usually what happens when we start competing with one another and our passions start competing and neither one of us fulfill our purpose. You want a pastor, but you won't let me pastor you, but you want to be a pastor. You want to preach, but you won't let somebody preach to you. Therefore, you convolute the preaching because you want to preach before you've been released to preach because you decide when you want to go. And you got a call and you got a purpose and you got to do what you want to do because you are all about that. And it's all about you, baby, is you. Whatever happened to God? Whatever happened to the fact that God knew exactly what he was doing, because he said, before I formed you, I knew you. And as you came through the womb, I knew you. And when you got in the earth, I knew you. In fact, when I looked on you and saw you polluted in your blood, I said to you, live. And I picked you up and washed you off and put you on a place that you can get to where now. Now it's all about you. It's really all about God. And it was from the beginning. And so when we grab that and we, when, we, when we we it answers the question about purpose. You know, I went through what I went through to get to where I am. Can you say that just to close the door on your past? I went through what I went through to get to where I am. Yeah, I went through what I went through to get to where I am. I would have never gotten to where I am if I hadn't gone through what I had gone through. You say, well, some of that stuff I didn't have to go through. Well, that was between you and God. Because God said, you passed that test. Why do you keep repeating it? If I kept showing up in the fifth grade, and I'm and here I am 50 plus, and I'm showing up in the fifth grade, I was like, they both got five in it. It's the fifth grade. I'm 50. No, the teachers were be like, get out of here, you weirdo. You psychopath, what are you doing here? In fact, they would call security right away. And that's, what, that's what's happening. So I want to make sure you get this. Some of the challenges that we're facing right now, that dilemma, and, oh, pastor, I need to meet with you. It's really not a matter of you meeting, because I'm going to tell you the same thing I'm telling you right now. You meet with Sister Lachey, she's going to tell you the same thing. And see, that's no fair, right? And it's not, what do you mean it's not fair? The word is the word. The word of God says that he who begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. But I keep stopping and I could. Yeah, you keep stopping. God never stops. God's not stopping on you. God is not. He might tell you to wait a minute. He might tell you to slow down. He may say sabbatical. That's an honor. That's not a punishment. To be on a sabbatical means that you have time away so you can think. It means that you have time out of the operation and flow of everything so that you can see it from another perspective. So don't despise that. But here's the thing. You can't just decide to take one on your own. The only thing that makes it a sabbatical as opposed to just being absent without leave is that you have an authority that establishes your time frame and then you qualify the objectives while you're on that sabbatical. I know people now, they'll get in a ministry, they'll get out of a ministry. They'll get in the ministry and they'll get out of the ministry. And they have to take a leave from the ministry and then they get a passion to get back into that same ministry. The church is the only place in the world that you can play double dutch and hopscotch and hokey pokey, put your right foot in and put your right foot out. There's people who come to church like that. I know I have to look. I have to look up when I say that because people are like he was talking about me. He was talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I'm not going for nobody. But if I hit you, didn't mean to miss. All right. So so stop hokey poking with your gift and your purpose. Stop stepping in and stepping out. Stop saying God called you to children. And the next thing you know, I was like, I don't like children. God called me to Sunday school, and then you're like, I want to teach the Wednesday night Bible study. Okay. We got people teaching the Wednesday night Bible study right now, so it can happen. But you need to make up your mind. You need to decide. You know, well, God called me to the nations. Could you just come to the church first? Could you? I got a global ministry. Well, can you just come to you know thirty three thirty three crafts before you go global? You know, don't be intergalactic. Become inter Just, just, just come. Just go to the north side before you go to the north pole. I mean, we got Grace North, right? Maybe we'll get to North Pole, but until then, just volunteer at Grace North. That's our outreach right now. That's what we're doing. And so I'm saying this because doing what you were created to do is fulfilling your kingdom assignment. If you get an assignment in school and you don't complete the assignment, what happens? You fail. People experience failure in catastrophic intervals. Another year has come and gone. And I didn't do what God Showed me that he was going to do. Some people are angry because the prophet releases a word and say, this is going to be your year. God is going to open doors. God is going to open doors. And you come back the next year and go, you don't shoot the mailman because he brings bills to your house. You pay the bills, right? You don't shoot your phone because the bill collectors say you got to pay. Are we cutting it off? So you're going to throw your phone. <laughs> Took care of that one. Don't get mad at me because the prophecy hasn't come to pass in your life. Get mad at I get mad at me. I told Sister Lachey some stuff was happening. I was like, that is not their fault. It's ours because we let them. Don't get mad at them. <laughs> ah. What you allow, you don't have permission to complain about. You don't have permission to complain about what... You, if you want to complain, you say, you know what? I let it go on too long. I'm sorry. That was a misrepresentation of my character. You can no longer do that to me. Thank you and good night. <laughs> good morning and good afternoon. But let it be known that you have an assignment in the earth and that you're not going to stop until you complete the assignment. Let it be known that you're here for a purpose and that God didn't make a mistake when he birthed you through your mother's womb. Let it be known that although you've been through hell, you're not going to hell. Let it be known that even though you have some bumps and some bruises and some rough spots and you've been in and out and up and down, that when you get in, you're here to stay. And when you plant your feet, you're going to plant your feet in a place where you can be rooted and grounded. Beating the odds is something that you have to determine in your mind. God isn't moved by anything that causes you fear or any of your opposition. He's not moved by that. You know, God, I would, but but what? You know, if only these obstacles would move out of the way. You know what image comes to mind when when I think of us not doing things because of obstacles? I think about the cross that was set before Jesus. The Bible says he endured the cross, despising the shame. He knew he was going to get stripped naked, beat to hamburger meat on his back in front of everybody. He knew that, but he endured it and he carried it out anyway. He beat the odds And the opposition to his kingdom success was that he had opportunities to bail, but he didn't. Do you know that our weekly habits of consistency and inconsistency and consistency and inconsistency determines whether or not we're able to beat the odds? I would like to say that I beat cancer. No, God healed me from cancer because the odds is that everybody in here could be fighting against something that. Yeah. So so you don't have to beat the odds. All you have to do is be consistent. You don't have to beat the odds. (laughs) Kids, oftentimes, we tell them, you need to do this, you should do that. That's what parents do. And they say, well, at least I'm not this, and at least I'm not that. I was like, that was never an option. Those things weren't on the plate to start with. That's just like me saying, I'm a good husband, right? I'm a good husband. I don't have no kids nowhere else. I never had no other woman nowhere else. He's like, there wasn't no option. At least not for our agreement, it wasn't an option. What is your agreement with God as it relates to your odds? What's your agreement with God? If he's able to do everything on your behalf, why would you hold on to something that God says that wasn't that wasn't even on the that wasn't an option. Failure was not an option for you. Just fulfilling your kingdom assignment alone was with what I had for you. I didn't even expect you to fill somebody else's shoes. I didn't expect you to be as good as somebody else as great as somebody else wanted to be. I didn't even expect you. All I wanted you to do was just stay awake in church while the preacher was preaching. And hear what the preacher had to say. That's all. That's all. I just wanted you to fulfill your assignment. Do your duty and let the world know that God is good. Somebody shout, God is good. (laughs) So so if your assignment is to manifest the glory of God in the earth and you're not manifesting the glory of God in the earth, one of two things is happening. Either you're in stark rebellion because you just don't want to do it or the enemy has blocked your thinking to where you think you can't do it. Those are the only two options. Because if you say, no, 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 I know I can. I know I can do it. I can. I can live saved. I can. I can overcome my challenges. I can become what God called me to be. If you believe that and we're not doing that, either we're being rebellious or we're in denial that we really can't. Let's rephrase some scripture just to justify that thinking. I should be able to in most cases and sometimes do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's no caveat on that. Sometimes God is able to do, you know, almost what I ask and kind of, sort of what I can think. It's not what the scripture says. God has a plan for every life in this room and all the lives that come from this room. And unless we embrace that as a kingdom assignment, it'll always be a slide on the wall or notes inside your Bible or scriptures that just washed over your ears. Unless you embrace the fact that your kingdom purpose and your kingdom assignment means more than your very life, you'll never develop the passion to go after it. Leaders struggle too. You know that, right? Some of the things that I'm being transparent, some of the things I struggle with is being able to get it all done before it's all over. Because I have a lot of vision. You know, I even stop calling things dreams now. You know, I got a dream to do this and a dream to do that. No, I got a plan. When you move beyond it just being a dream to being a plan, the devil's in trouble. The devil's in trouble because people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan Which means that people who plan have a greater potential to succeed than those who don't plan. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of grace for the nation's church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope.